everyone and welcome back to the podcast. So I really hope you're having a great week and just enjoying yourself in any way possible. So today's episode that I'm going to be talking about, the topic is rejection sensitivity dysphoria and also demand avoidance. Now I thought I'd put these two together because they're both short. They're both short topics basically I think. And if I was to make one podcast about either one of them, it would literally, I think, only last about five minutes. So starting off with rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Now, rejection sensitivity dysphoria is the perceived rejection, whether it's true or false, entering into a conversation or that you think might happen surrounding a conversation that might happen. And It's different in autistic people and it's not just autistic and ADHD people, other people can have it, but it's different for us because the feeling is amplified. We can't get out of our head until we know for sure that the rejection isn't there. And that might be embarrassing yourself, like me, when I go up to the person and actually say, do you hate me? It sounds really stupid, but they turn around and go of course I don't hate you Athena why would you think I hate you 99% of the time it's that it makes me feel a lot better and then next thing I know I'm back to square one where I'm feeling rejected again and for me like I said most of the time my rejections are just in my mind So for example, a frequent rejection that I had was a couple of months ago, we were on a skiing trip and there was nine of us there. And I was sharing a room with a girl that was the same age as me. And we were having a great time. We were getting along. She's also, she was also neurodivergent. So she was telling me about her experience coming to the realization. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is great. But then later on in the trip, she also started talking to some other young people that were in our group because there was my brother who's a couple of years younger than me and then his girlfriend. So obviously she started like mingling with everyone else. And for some reason, I started to think, does everyone hate me? Yeah. There were some people in the group that couldn't really ski and they were getting more attention, obviously, because they couldn't ski. But I started to take a step back and think, We've been here a couple of days and no one's given me the same attention. Do they not like me? Do they not want to be friends with me? Have I done something to offend them in any way? And my mind just started to spiral and spiral and spiral. And then I went to my mom and I was thinking, do they hate me? And my mom was like, what are you on about, Athena? Nothing's changed. You were talking to them. You went away for a little bit to chill. You came back. What's different? And I was like, yeah yeah I I get it but I still feel like because you've said it and they haven't said it it must be true I think towards the end of the holiday I must have had a conversation with her or we must have forgotten about it because I remember towards the end of the holiday we were all like friends again so it was definitely in my head that time but I've not actually seen a time where I have actually been rejected really most of the time it's in my head I remember when I was at uni, me and my mum had had an argument and towards the end of the argument, it was over the phone and I was convinced that my mum hated me, my mum hated me, my flat hated me, even though my flat had nothing to do with this argument, I was convinced I was a bad person and my flat hated me. 
It sounds so stupid looking back at it. Like, why would my flat hate me for a conversation with my mom that they had zero idea about? Make zero sense. But at the same time, for me, a lot of my thoughts are very irrational. In the moment, it feels very real. My brain and the chemicals make it feel real like I can understand it's irrational but it feels very real to me a lot of the times I just literally talk it out with someone and it ends up resolving it's it ends up resolving itself but I can also see how it can be draining always worrying 24 7 I have gotten better though with my rejection sensitivity disorder it doesn't hit me as hard I've slowly started to get aware of myself within the past year of this is what I've got. I'm looking at ways to deal with it. So when I feel like I am being rejected, taking a step back and actually thinking about the situation as a whole, would they say that? Why would they say that? And also thinking of techniques like also thinking of techniques like not dismissing my feelings, but thinking I'll just put this to the side or write it down and come back to it later on when I've thought about it for a little bit. Not dismissing it, but forgetting about it and then reevaluating the situation later and thinking, yes, I was 100% in the valid right to feel rejected or maybe I wasn't rejected, but not reacting straight away because I know personally that sometimes I can be wrong and it's just a part of life. I'm always going to have rejection sensitivity dysphoria, but there are, but I'm always going to have rejection sensitivity dysphoria, but there are many ways to help myself and make it better. So the next thing I'm going to be talking about is demand avoidance. Now, I feel like on my day-to-day life, I have a demand avoidance a lot more than rejection sensitivity dysphoria, mainly because I like to avoid people sometimes. So demand avoidance just hits a little bit higher on this on this scale. So demand avoidance is when you feel the urge to not want to do a task. It could be for various of reasons. It could be, for example, that you've planned to do this certain task at the dishwasher and you've hyped yourself up to do it. You're really in the mood. And then somebody comes along and says... I think, well, you do the dishwasher and in your brain, you're like, right, I was going to do it, but now you've made a demand. So I don't want to do it anymore. Or it could be like with day-to-day demands where like doing taxes or something like that, where you want to do something else, but you've got your taxes looming in the background and it's really putting you off and you really feel like you just can't get the motivation to do it it's a massive demand when I was at university my main demand avoidance revolved around doing work not really with the practical side of it so with the practical side I was on it I didn't really have any demand avoidance because I really wanted to do it and even when people said oh Athena do you work I was thinking right I will do it but I'll do it on my own terms because that sounds like a demand and I don't want to do a demand so I'll do it on my own terms that really helped actually me saying I'll do it later and then me deciding when later (laughs) but so that was it was mainly on essays where I just really just really struggle with essays I can do essays so I really struggle with them I would put it off put it off put it off and then I'd panic and I'd be like oh my gosh I've only got one week till the deadline and then I'd 
thankfully, because I've got a DSA disability allowance, disability allowance thing, I kind of have extra time on my assignments. So that is great. So a lot of the time I use the extra time on my assignments and I got it in on time. So that was it mainly with the uni, but at home, my demand avoidance is really around chores. So my, I'll come downstairs in the morning and my dad will be like, right, you've got chores, do the dishwasher, take out the laundry, take the dogs for a walk, hoover up, clean the bathroom. They're all the types of chores that he asks me to do, mainly because they have like properties and my brother and the family go off to the property. So they say like, my like job is to like do the house. But it's more effective. I come down and they're like, right, you got to do it. And I'm like, not right now. And they're like, oh, I'll do it ASAP. And that feels like a demand to me. Yeah. A lot of the time when they, a lot of the time the way I help myself with that, which I cope quite well, actually, not all the time, but quite well, is when they say, oh, make sure you do it. In my head, I'll be like, I will do it, but on my own terms. But I'll make sure I'll do it. I will do it, but it'll be more on my own terms. Let me know down below or send me a message on my socials or in my comment section. If you struggle with demand avoidance or rejection sensitivity dysphoria, I think I'd be more interested in their rejection sensitivity dysphoria just because that's what I struggle with the most. And sometimes I really struggle to think of coping mechanisms. I know therapy is I know therapy is a good tool for helping with it, but I'm not too sure whether I want to spend a lot of money on therapy, but also at the same time there's a massive waiting list for the NHS on therapy. But I'd really be interested if there's if there's any techniques on help and rejection rejection sensitivity dysphoria. And I just want to say, I've seen a lot of people message me. I'd love, I'd love it when people message me and like ask me questions and say like, oh my goodness, I love your post or I really relate to this. But I tend to avoid the messages that say, hey, or hey, can you answer? Because it's very, it's very ambiguous to me and I'm not sure if it's someone trolling me or whether it's someone asking me a genuine question so if you want to ask me a genuine question, just ask it up front. I'm very, very happy to ask. Well, just be aware that if you just send me a ambiguous message like, hey, or just answer me, I probably won't answer you. So yes, I think we've reached the end of this podcast episode. I told you it was going to be like five minutes each. I, I was clock watching and it was around maybe a little bit over five minutes, maybe eight minutes for the first one. So I really hope you enjoyed the RSD and uh, demand avoidance episode. Sorry, I, I literally, my brain went funny then I don't know what happened then so I really hope you enjoyed it and I'd love it if you could subscribe to whatever platform you're on Spotify Apple Podcasts I'm not too sure on the other one I post a lot of reels and content on Instagram so if you're just listening to our podcast and you haven't come from my Instagram check it out it's life through dyspraxia so yeah so I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one Bye.